Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 70 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interview Nora McCaffrey, Chief Academic Officer of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition about the strategic redesign of their foundational training program. You can find more of our independent content at talentedlearning.com. Well, welcome back listeners, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Talented Learning Show. On this show, I am fortunate to interview experts in extended enterprise learning technology from both the vendor and the practitioner points of view. Today is no different. Maybe it's better. I think it is. Many, many listeners of this show have online content curriculums and solutions that they either sell or provide to individuals, organizations, or both. We all know it's a big decision on when or if to refresh and revise this content or uh, retire the content. Now imagine having a foundational, cohort-based, online, six-month course that has been wildly successful, foundational to your growth, and you suspect, maybe even fear, that this course is due for a complete and expensive redo. What do you do? How do you know for sure? What's a redo mean? What's the competition doing? What do learners want? Will they buy it? For what price? How do you roll it out? Can you afford the reinvestment to do the redo? Can you afford not to do it? To some degree, many of us have answered these same questions for content items, big and small. And we, for sure, have answered these questions differently, sometimes formally with a process, sometimes informally with our guts. Personally, I'm guilty of too much gut work and informality. And that became even more apparent to me when I met our guest and learned her story, how she scientifically, efficiently, and quite effectively approached this very content redo scenario. Our guest today is Nora McCaffrey. Nora has had a story, storied career starting in psychology, becoming a formerly trained chef, a coach, an entrepreneur, a master degree instructional technologist, director of educational operations, assistant dean, dean, and now chief academic officer at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Nora faced this redo scenario with the Institute's most foundational course, the health coach training program. And we're going to learn all about the process that she followed and she took. Stay tuned if you want to learn. Nora, welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, let's start at the top. And why don't you tell us about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition? It may not be a common name, though. It should be with all the, the global horsepower and followers that you have. So <laughs> let's start there. Yeah, for sure. So the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, also known as IIN, was founded back in 1992 uh, by our founder, Joshua Rosenthal. And he had the vision and mission to have uh, health and wellness change the world. And so he wanted to improve health and happiness and create a ripple effect that transformed the world. And that's still our mission today. So what he did is he rolled out uh, what's now called the health coach training program. And it started within a kitchen and then it grew in New York City uh, to weekly and uh, weekend sessions. And he would talk about all dimensions of health and wellness and coaching. And so fast forward to 2008, we uh, put everything online. And so what started as a few hundred students a year grew to a few thousand students a year. And now we're continuing to grow that uh, year over year. 
Um, we have the health coach training program, which is one of the most widely recognized health coach training programs in the world. Um, it's been around for 30 years, as I mentioned, uh, holds various uh, accolades and licensure and accreditations. And we also have a catalog of other programs, including our coaching intensive, which has a pathway to uh, third party approval for credentialing of health coaches. We also have uh, niche concentrations in gut health, hormone health, uh, and variety of other uh, topics. And then we also offer through uh, our Chopra partnership, we offer certifications in Ayurvedic health, meditation, and also yoga. So we continue to expand. We deliver to a wide audience. We now have over, I believe, 160,000 graduates. We're in over 121 countries, and we have um, a growing population of people that are seeking to transform the world. I've been here for 12 years, um, and I love it so much. I started in student services after running my catering business, and I really fell in love with the organization as a student and then started to work here. And I started to listen to other students. Then I fell into education and I started to understand our coaching program of how we deliver it. And then I kind of, many other steps happened. And now here I am running uh, the operations and supporting with the organization as a whole. Wow. Congratulations. What a great career. Tell us about chief academic officer. What's that mean for that's a, a nice loaded title that could mean a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I, I get this question a lot. So um, I hold the director's license with our board of education. Um, I also work with our teams to have continuing credit recognition, both within the world of health coaching and beyond. Uh, we create college credit opportunities, uh, pathways for other uh, credentialing and continued validation within the coaching field. On top of that, I have worked with our content teams, our product teams to deliver our courses in the most uh, best in class way, how we can be efficient. And I also have a major focus on our operations, how we run all of the courses. I really tried to make sure that we run things as efficiently as possible while still making sure that students are meeting the outcomes, they're getting the support and service that they need in order to complete their courses, and that any questions that arise, we do our best to, to answer them quickly and efficiently. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. I know we're all the products of our, of the various uh, experiences that we have, but I think your the operation background is one of the things that I could really hear as you were telling your story prior to that of, of just the process uh, that you take and, and follow as being just one of the many things that uh, helped you with this, uh, this transformation. But you theorized that uh, the health coach training program was going to need a refresh. And, uh, you know, that wasn't an easy decision to think about that, as we, we talked about at the, the beginning. You know, it's it's no small undertaking uh, to do something when it's a major progress. So I thought to, to help illustrate that for our audience, maybe you could say how the training program was when you were in this should we change it phase and just tell us about what the content is there. And then we'll start digging into the process that you use to scientifically determine if you should change it and then what to do. Yeah, for sure. So 
we were in a position where we were looking at the number of health coach training programs out there. And we wanted to make sure that all students that came to us and knew about integrative nutrition were getting the best education possible. And so we looked at all of our content, which was a collection of 40 modules, and it was predominantly a series of assets. So it had a large catalog of assets. And so when you clicked on a module, you would see our learning objectives, and then you would see videos and worksheets and uh, reading material, uh, but there would be about 15 to 18 pages of content or videos or assets, followed by a quick quiz and discussions and assignments. And so this kind of followed the rhythm for the 40 modules. We also had a uh, health histories, which is the first thing you do with a potential client. We wanted them to practice that and go through those motions, reflect on it. And then we have uh, our quizzes or tests as our assessments. And then we had group calls. And so what we did is we first looked at what was happening within the field of health coaching. There was a lot of growth that was happening at that time and continues to happen uh, year over year and really benchmarked what we were doing from our curriculum and where the field was going. And we did, you know, we did an analysis of where we need to fill in the gaps. We also, as, as I mentioned before, we had our founder and he was in a good portion of that content. And we really wanted to make sure that we had a good broad collection of representation and a variety of subject, subject matter experts. So we kind of did a full analysis on that. But we also took a look at what our students were telling us today or at that time. We looked at how they were engaging with the content, we asked feedback, we got kind of a lot of detail on what they were looking for, how they wanted to have a better learning experience, what was working, what wasn't. We also established um, two advisory groups, one with a collection of subject matter experts, um, had expertise in all dimensions of wellness as well as adult education. And then we had a student advisory panel where it was a collection of about 12 students and graduates located all over the world that we used as getting feedback on what we wanted to do with the curriculum. And as we developed it, we got their feedback over and over. So we looked externally and we looked internally and we devised like, here's what we need to do. We also did an analysis on our platforms. So at that time we were offering it on a specific platform and it was a combination of uh, custom in-house as well as a third party solution, which was an open source. And we were looking at it and we just felt like we weren't able to grow it further and make more rapid enhancements that best served our students. So we really wanted to just do more there and support our students further. Wow, that's great. That's great. Let me dig into one piece of that. So a lot of times when people talk about the, the survey process, they can get themselves worked up on how big or how small to do that. Can you just tell us about what that process, you know, just quickly, what that process entailed? Like how often did you survey uh, this, the student group, for example, and how deep did you get? Like, can you just describe a little bit about that? For sure. So we also have surveys that we give our students on an ongoing basis. So we had a midpoint survey. So as they get 50% through the program, we have them uh, fill out a survey to just get an understanding of how they feel about the program, what's working, what's not, and some other bits of feedback. We also have an end of program survey to learn, did you meet the outcomes? How did you feel about the program? What did you like most? What did you like least? What any, you know, just kind of all of that end of program analysis. So we pulled those reports 
from our most previous cohorts. That was one collection of data that didn't wasn't incremental to what we do on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we did uh, we did anal- excuse me surveys with our alumni population. So we kind of looked at our alumni over a certain period of time, and we really gauged them like what are they doing, how are they using the curriculum. Um, how are they using their education and what did they feel about it? We also connected with people that are uh, looking at integrative nutrition. So our prospects, we tried to look at every dimension and really collect that feedback to make sure that we were really listening to what the learners are seeking. Wow. Wow. Super cool. So you pulled all this data together, collated it all. What'd you learn? What'd it tell you? We learned that A lot of what we offered, like from the content and subject matter, was really spot on um, and that we were in a position where we had a lot of education to offer students that was really compelling to the vocation of, of health and wellness and health coaching specifically. The content and how we delivered it is where we really needed a lot of TLC. And also there were some content gaps that we really wanted to take initiative with. So as I mentioned at the beginning, it was a a program that was in person and it was held in New York City. So what we did is we captured a lot of that content um, during a period of one year. So we had it at Jazz at Lincoln Center an amazing venue. And we filmed all of that content. And then we put that content within the platform. And so a lot of that feedback was as soon as they saw the video and saw that I was being filmed at a location, it had a feeling of datedness a little bit. And so we really wanted to make sure that we address that, that as students, no matter where they are, they feel engaged, they feel connected, they feel empowered. So we actually decided to switch our con- like video delivery and have it be in-house. Um, and we brought talent in. We still have a collection of content that was done at live events, but that content was really critical. It was still relevant. And we we felt it was, it was worth keeping in there. And we still feel that today. Um, we also wanted to make sure that we were telling a strong instructional and content narrative. I love storytelling. Um, And I think each program and each module has a very strong story to tell. And our content team really felt that way as well. So each module has a content narrative that goes throughout and it's threaded throughout. And we also have our instructional narrative, which is all tied together. And we felt like we needed to do that in a more explicit way than we were doing previously. So what that took was you know, as I mentioned before, it was kind of a, a collection of assets that you would just consume and go through. This uh-huh. was different where it was pages that are really richly designed that really feed, you know, you're not just watching a video, you're getting introductory text that kind of anchors you into what you're going to be learning. You watch the video and then there are some interactive components that really drilled in the critical points. And then at the end, we had different assignments and uh, discussions that students would complete and it kind of just told a really strong narrative throughout. Mm, interesting. Interesting. So in general, the, the feedback was good. Everything that you were doing is good, but you had opportunities for improvement um, in, in a couple of different areas. So what did you end up doing? Did you look at all 40 modules at the same time and say, okay, this is what we're going to do? Did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of had this feeling of like, go big. um, Mm -hmm. And we really wanted to give it an opportunity that 
there was actually two pieces if you think about it. One, we wanted to give it a complete overhaul so that all of the things that we needed to address, we did it in one, one shot um, so that moving forward, everyone was getting as the best curriculum that we have. On top of that, it was really critical that we designed it and structured it in a way so that the next time we needed to iterate on it, it wasn't as huge of an overhaul as it was that first time. Mm -hmm. So that required us to organize it, structure it, and build it within our systems in a way where we could iterate and produce more quickly at a lower cost and get um, updates to students in a more timely manner. And that really worked. So we had to, we moved to a new platform. We had to change the complete content. We reorganized it and then we um, cataloged it and organized it within our own system. So we kind of could see, okay, here's where we need to make these changes. And then we're able to iterate on a more rapid basis. So as you know, the science of health and wellness is adapting as we learn more, as we mm -hmm. as society develop more, we can take those learnings and apply it more quickly. So not our content is not dated. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That was, Interesting. That, was huge, that required huge investment um, at the, at the forefront of time and resources to really just organize it in a way so that that change can happen more rapidly. Mm -hmm. Did you, uh, that, that huge investment uh, at, at some point when you got this all together, did you look at that nut all at once and say, okay, this is going to be for, this is what we're going to have to invest for this whole program. Were you able to get to something definitive like that? Or was it more iterative um, that you kind of um, figured out as you went on? A bit of both because you yeah. have to kind of learn it, <laughs> you know, as, <laughs> as a result, we were, we were going to a new system. We were mm -hmm. changing how we were producing this content uh, so that we were delivering even better content, but also trying to be as efficient as possible. And uh, we were shooting everything and doing everything different than we have ever done before. What was great was that we did a lot of pilot testing before. So we we felt very confident about what we were putting into our product. Um, we created a sample module. We got feedback that also allowed us to really understand the cost of what it was going to take to build it within the platform that we chose. And mm -hmm. also it helped us understand, okay, this is the number of assets. This roughly took us this amount of time. This is what we think, you know? However, you know, there's the process of life happens, the pandemic was going on. And so that kind of caused us to have various curveballs that came along the way. However, we were able to adjust and pivot and come together and really make those decisions as quickly as possible so that we could mm -hmm. deliver it quickly. So we had a good mm -hmm. assessment, and but we did have to make some adjustments over time. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. One of the things that you mentioned is... Uh, you basically outgrew the in-house solution and you went to a new platform uh, to deliver this training. And that new platform, instead of just being content presentation or assembly, uh, was more of an authoring tool uh, that allowed you to, to create these rich pages and introductions and things that you were talking about. There's the question, what was the tool? Why did you choose it? How's the content looking different now than it did before because of that? So when we were making this decision to uh, make all of these changes, we did RFPs uh, for a variety uh, and put them out to a variety of vendors. And we looked at a lot of third-party solutions. We also did an assessment of, do we build again, um, which we decided not to do. 
for the learning management piece. Um, and we looked at a variety of vendors and where we landed was D2All, also known as Brightspace. And the reason why is because there was two pieces. One, we first did what I mentioned before is a little bit of a pilot. We had a mini project. Uh, we really found them like they had a strong product, uh, their partnership in, in, in collaboration and thinking on how we could deliver it was so powerful um, and important to us that it really allowed us to really see what we were trying to imagine and, and put it really into that platform. So we created uh, two short form courses that we still offer today. Um, they're great courses. And it allowed us to really see how we could use that system, um, how we could design. And then from there, it allowed us to build out a stronger plan with them. And that was our, our larger course, the health coach training program. And nice. so- we, we went through that, we tested everything, and through and through, they were amazing partners, and they had um, out-of-the-box uh, dynamic elements, so they had tabbed interactions, they had accordions, but they also had uh, interactives, um, which allowed us to have slides and hotspots and various pieces, which is something we had not done before. So we brought our uh, in-house creative team, we put together illustrations and all of these visuals, and we worked with their learning creative services team, and they put it all into the system, and we worked back and forth, we had QA, we did reviews, and we were really able to utilize that system in the best way possible. So now we had what we had previously Obviously, as I mentioned, kind of a, a series of assets. And now we have, you know, 10 rich page designs that are also mobile friendly that students can go through and consume the content. And then we can also see that was course completions because we created some dashboards to really understand how students were engaging. So it was a really night and day comparison. That's great. That's great. More in a platform sounds like more of a solution. Is there yeah. a possibility to take a, a sample? Can you access a sample from your website? Uh, yeah, you can do our sample course. Um, when you go into integrativenutrition.com, uh, you have an opportunity to look at the sample course, and that actually brings you right into the Brightspace system. And you can see what those pages look like. Um, we kind of took some great content and assembled it together so you could get an understanding of, of the full program. Cool, cool. And you do that at uh, integrativenutrition.com. You can find yep. that, of course. Okay, also, final question. Oh, oh I was going to say one last thing was that we also, while doing all of those changes, we actually also really found it important to offer this in Spanish. Um, so we, as we finished all of the production, we also translated it into Spanish. We had the Brightspace tool so that the navigation could be translated. But so we, we offered the health coach training both in English and Spanish. Excellent. Excellent. Que bueno. Que bueno. Okay. Nice. And so are you attracting clients uh, from South and Latin America then because yeah, of that? Yeah. And also yeah. domestic. Yeah. There's a still strong population both within the United States and outside. Um, and it's a great, it's a great translation. We feel really, really proud of it. All right. Great. Well, our time's up already and it always goes this fast, but let me ask you one last question. If you could wave a magic wand and talk to your younger self uh, three or four years ago, right before the pandemic, pandemic, what advice would you, would you give her? What, what did you learn that you wish you would have done differently that you could share with all of us that are a few years behind you here in terms of experience? I would follow the advice that our CEO, Linda Cloud, constantly had us think about, which is 
continuously talk to the customer, continuously listen to what our learners, what our audience, what our community is really asking for and bring them and help them kind of see that and get their feedback. That customer feedback is so important because you have so many theories and assumptions, but really connecting with your customers and really understanding what they need and looking at them and also matching that with that external research, it will serve you so much because it will validate your hypotheses or bring you into a new direction that you never imagined. And on top of that, it will allow you to make more efficient, uh, choices um, that will help with your budgets. Wow. Sage advice. Great story. Great education. Thanks so much for taking the time, Nora, to stop by the show and share your experiences. There's lots of things you can do with your uh, busy life and coming here is certainly extra. So we all appreciate, especially me, uh, the, the opportunity to learn from uh, your progress. Uh, it's great things that you're doing over there. I love the process. I love how smart it is and this is the next level of education and trying to raise that bar. All of that is a model for our industry and uh, something to follow. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you. It was great being here and great cool. to talk. All right. Well, great. Uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Talent to Learning Show. We hope to see you on the next. I'm sure you saw value in this one. Uh, have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you.